everybody, and welcome back to the Rogue Agronomist Podcast. I'm Kyle from Stall Agronomy. And today, let's talk about that all-encompassing thing that affects everyone in agriculture uh, literally every year, and that is the weather. And the, the hardest thing for me to explain to people every year is how weather affects their crops. Um, we always focus on the things we can control. You know, when it's corn, we're talking about nitrogen, we're talking about phosphorus, uh, we talk about potassium, seeding rates, uh, our planter pass, uh, our tillage passes, compaction, um, all these things that we can control in corn. And then in soybeans, you know, we always talk about, um, you know, planting rates, uh, variety, you, you name it. There are all these things that we can influence the crop with, right? There, there's fungicides, you name it. The, the all-encompassing variable in everything we do is weather, right? I mean, weather affects, uh, I mean, there's there's a, uh, University of Illinois puts out there like seven factors that influence your crop. And um, they always talk about weather is 70% of your yield, right? 70%. You know, that is a very large portion. There's a very small portion that we can affect. Uh, there's another person that I always talk to uh, that always talks about, there are a thousand factors that influence your crop, you know, and the weather being one of those. So, you know, out of a thousand factors that we can control or we can we can do or deal with every year, there's only one of them that we have no control over, right? And I mean, there there is some control if we have irrigation and and drip irrigation and all the other stuff, but we can't control the temperature. We can't control how much sunlight we get. We can't control. Um, how much dew we have in the mornings. We we can't control how much wind there is. We can't control when thunderstorms happen. And there, there's all these things that really influence our crop that we have zero control over. Absolutely zero control. I mean, it's entirely up to God, right? That's that's it. Now, every year I walk crops and talk to growers and we have issues that arise. So in 2020, a lot of those issues have been weather related. Uh, we, we talk about you know, I think that there, there's often a a short-sighted, I wouldn't say short-sighted, a very um, temporary mindset in, in in producers. We we deal with it, and you know, I deal with it too. Sometimes we we tend to forget what happened, you know, two months ago, three months ago, uh, that really affects our crop now. Uh, it's the same thing we see when we have sudden death show up. There, there, guys are like, well, what's going on? Why do I have sudden death? And that's all about the weather we had in April and May. Sudden death infects plants when we have cool and wet growing conditions at planting time or immediately after planting in soybeans. Um, it affects, especially if we have compaction areas because water tends to collect in there. And then we don't see those effects until August. Uh, it's the same thing we see with white mold. White mold infects the plants that are one, and we don't see it show up until R4, R5, which would be, you know, we, we infect in mid-June here, at least in Wisconsin, and we don't see those effects in the plants until the end of July, first part of August. So, you know, we have all these factors that affect plants early in the growing season, but we don't see the results of them until now. And then we're left at this point wondering what happened. Is it tillage? Is it my row spacing? Is it uh, my planting? Um, did I do something wrong? And that's that's the biggest struggle I have. There's a lot of people that are looking for something to blame, right? We, we're always looking for someone, something to blame for the reason why we have 
tar spot in our corn, why we have sud death in our soybeans, uh, why am I running out of nitrogen in August? I put, you know, X amount on, and why is my corn running out of nitrogen in August when I haven't had rain for a month? So the biggest thing that I'm dealing with right now is we had a lot of people that had really, really good looking corn the first week of July. Best looking corn they've ever had. We went through tassel fairly well. And then now we're getting towards the end of August and now we're into September and we're seeing kind of what those effects of dry weather in late July and, and August for us has on the crop. When we first looked at this corn and we were doing top dress and side dress applications of nitrogen, we figured 200 plus bushel corn, easy, best growing season ever. We were forgetting about the weather we had in May. I was warning growers, at least not necessarily warning, but more informing growers, remember the weather we had in May. The weather we had in May was cooler than average. Uh, we had drier than average temperatures, or <laughs> drier than average weather conditions. Uh, so we had, we, had dry, we had a dry May, a cool May, and then we got kind of wet towards the middle of May. And when we got wet, we got really cold. A lot of our local temperatures and weather stations re recorded were in the like 20s, mid-20s, uh, which is unprecedented. I, I think Chicago's National Weather Service said it was the lowest nighttime low at that point in May since 1960-something. So in 60 years, this is the lowest temperature we've had at that point in the growing season. And remember, in most seasons, we've had not that much planted at that point lately. And this year, I had guys going very early. I had mid-April plantings. Uh, a lot of corn got planted in April this year. That first week of May was a big week for us. Uh, I think a lot of, I'd say by the first week of May, at that, the point we got this cold temperature, we were something like 75% planted on corn. Now, I could look up the numbers. I'm not going to right now because it'll take me a little bit. But I would say we were pretty close to that. And then soybeans, we pushed really early this year as well. So we had a lot of soybeans in, we had a lot of corn in, and we got cold, extremely cold and very wet at uh, at the point of mid-May. So then when we started seeing corn emerge, we had fairly even emergence in areas. We didn't have, you know, the hills were emerging first. Uh, a lot of our darker areas were emerging first, basically based on solar radiation. So the solar heat in these darker areas warmed them up. In those spots, we had even emergence, but across the field, on a field average, we had very uneven emergence. We had fields that were taking four to five days for the corn to come up across the field. And, you know, we always talk about 24 hours. It was so cool, the ground conditions at that point. We had very uneven emergence. So then you take that. And then you mix it with the fact that it took corn three weeks to come out of the ground. Uh, some cases it took almost four weeks to come out of the ground. So then we're starting to get to the end of what the seed treatment can do. And then we started running into issues with a lot of seed diseases. And we had a lot of plants that got up. They started growing. They get about V3, V4. And then we started seeing some plants taking off and going ahead of some other plants. So there was a lot of parts of fields where we had a 30,000, population and 25 to maybe 30,000 of that was on the same level. And then we had 5,000 to maybe even 10,000 plants that were either not there, uh, dying uh, from some various seedling diseases, or we just had plants that just, for whatever reason, the vigor wasn't there. 
I said early on with a lot of my growers that we were seeing noticeable vigor differences in, in hybrids and plants and, and different seed companies. And, and these big vigor differences made a big difference when we talk about final stand. Now, when corn all started growing, it looked really good. We kind of forgot about that. And now that we're starting to walk fields again, we're seeing these. You know, there, there's a lot of spindly plants. There's a lot of plants that are not there. Um, there's definitely a lot of skips, a lot of spindlier plants. Um, there's a lot of fields where we maybe count a 30,000 population and we have, you know, two or 3,000 of that that's not there uh, or not all the way there. And it's going to really affect uh, our final yield when we look at these plant stands. Um, soybeans, a little lesser extent, but I had some no-till that looked kind of rough early. Looking better now. Um, but I think corn's the biggest point I'm going to make about the weather this year. So we, we were forgetting about May. In June and July, it looked great. But in May, we had some issues. And I think the very first part of June, we knew we had those issues. We forgot about them. We get into July. We have plenty of moisture early July here. We got some pretty good rains uh, the first part of July. And, and corn was really taken off. Everybody had their side dress applications on. It was looking really good. Um, and then the rain stopped. We, we had a two-week stretch in July uh, where we were in the 90s and it was really dry. And then towards the beginning of August, we had some parts of our area get two or three inches of rain thanks to the tropical storm. And then as that dough ratio came kind of across, we missed some of that. Um, some of my southern area got three or four inches out of that. Uh, my northern area maybe got half an inch to an inch. So at that point, those guys had got an inch or so of rain, um, and other areas got timely rain, right? We get three, four inches of rain uh, at R2, R3 on corn. We're looking pretty good. Uh, these guys had got an inch. At that point, we're using a quarter to a third of an inch of rain per day, and we, we need that moisture. Well, so then we get into August, and from the first week or so of August until about the, the end of August, we didn't get hardly any rain. And in that stretch, we had three quarters of an inch of rain. We had a week where it was somewhat cool. And then we had two weeks of extreme temperatures. Again, not, you know, 100 degree temperatures. We had a lot of 90s and a lot of 80s. And in fact, Milwaukee is saying they had the most 80s they've ever recorded on history. Like number of 80 degree days, biggest ones ever. So we went from cool and the corn looking pretty good to, holy crap, my corn is burning up in about a week and at that point of the growing season we're in our three our fours we're like milk to early dents uh, we're we're really packing on that yield at that point so we're not going to see tip back um, but we are going to see some nitrogen deficiency why are we seeing nitrogen deficiency on corn that has tons of nitrogen on it and greatest growing potential ever well nitrogen takes water to get into the plant and depending on where it is and how much moisture there is in the soil when we start drying out that soil really quickly we start losing nitrogen and when we start not necessarily losing it but we're not utilizing it. we can't bring it into the plants so then the plants start starving themselves for nitrogen they're pulling it from the stalks they're pulling it from the leaves we were seeing plants dropping leaves this makes a big difference uh, especially when we start getting really dry and really hot and we're in grain fill so these plants are robbing from the stock and they're they're not they're starting to show nitrogen deficiency but you know there might be enough nitrogen there um, but it's it's going to show up and 
I've got guys that have corn that is showing nitrogen deficiency more than enough there for the yield potential that's out in that field. And, you know, part of it might be hybrids are need more nitrogen. Um, but the other part of it, I think, is a lot of it is the weather. We, we were just hot and dry at the wrong time. So when we are looking at plants, so now we're, we're getting out in the fields and we're really getting a good look at these plants. And we're seeing, I'd say, a two to four row narrowing on ears. That is typically, so we set the kernels around by V5. So V5 for us was about mid-June, um, give or take, depending on when your planting date was and hybrid. But I'd say about mid-June. Uh, the first two weeks of June were dry, hot. So at that point, we might have pinched a couple rows back. And so we lost some yield in May or in June. I think we lost some yield in May because we had that cool temperatures where we lost some plant stands. We lost plant stand, we lost a couple of rows around, and then on top of that, we get into August, and now we're starting to lose, um, we're losing some yield as far as test weight goes and kernel depth based on, you know, some somewhat weather-induced nitrogen deficiency and plant stress. So then as we get into mid-August, we are still dry, hot. And we're stressing these plants as they're in grain fill. And then we start seeing top dieback. Now, top dieback is typically, we've always kind of pushed more towards it's anthracnose. But in the years where we typically see it, we have some kind of moisture stress. Sometimes it's too much moisture. Sometimes, most of the time, it's too little. So now we're seeing top dieback based on moisture and heat stress. And so we're killing the plants early. Uh, we are showing nitrogen deficiency on the bottom. Um, and then we start getting rain and now we're starting to see tar spots show up. So weather has a major factor in this crop. We, we, we had the wrong weather in May. We had fairly un, I would say not very good weather the first part of June, July and into early August, great weather. Uh, I think we gained some yield there, but then August was kind of poor. And now as we're getting into September, we're cool and wet. We're starting to see the tar spot take off. So now we're, we're killing it on the back end a little bit. So realize that weather has a huge factor in this crop. And, you know, I've got guys that are like, well, maybe I should put more nitrogen on. Maybe I should have adjusted my tillage this spring. Maybe my planter wasn't working correctly. Maybe I should have sprayed fungicide. Well, if we're getting tar spot in September and you spray fungicide in July, there, there's no fungicide that's going to stop you from getting tar spot at the end of the season. Uh, maybe I should have done this. Maybe I should have done that. What did I do wrong? What am I doing wrong? What is my agronomist telling me that's wrong? Nothing. Um, you know, we can't control moisture. We can't control heat. A lot of these things really affect our crop. And, you know, I, I, I don't think we're going to have a record corn crop in Wisconsin. But at the same time, I don't think we're going to have the worst we've ever had. But I don't think the potential that everyone thought they had in July is going to be there when we go through with the combine. And we've kind of set the table for understanding this, but it's that memory thing, right? We, we just remember that in July, we had the best looking corn we've ever had. We were forgetting about May. We're forgetting about June. We're forgetting about the weather we had recently, but it's been raining. But it, we had three weeks in August where we, we got very little rain and we had high temperatures. A lot of this stuff is going to really affect our yields. And the hardest struggle for me, or the biggest struggle for me, is trying to get guys to understand that and, and work through those questions. So when you realize, you know, we have to take 
the whole picture. You know, when we look at yield potential and in corn, soybeans, anything, we have to take that whole picture. You know, when we talk about wheat this year, we got wheat planted late last fall. We got um, really poor stands last fall. This spring we had poor tillering because we didn't get as much growth last fall because it was cool. We had heavy rains and then cool and then kind of a rough winter. We come into spring, we have low tiller counts. We put nitrogen on. We increase them a little bit, but we don't quite have the tiller counts we'd like to see on wheat. So our wheat yield potential wasn't as good this year. And then, you know, you take that um, along with our soybeans where we had cool wet seeing a lot of sudden death. We're seeing some white mold show up. You know, it's just the weather at the right time. I had a guy saying, why do I have white mold? It was dry and hot. And I said, well, at the time you had, you got white mold. It was the end of July or June and into July. And that's when we were getting moisture. So we infected with white mold. That's why we have white mold, even though it was dry in August, um, July, uh, middle of like early part of July and the end of June when we could have it was perfect time for it. So all these weather things affect our crop it really affects everything we do and i've got guys with some really good corn but that's those guys that get that rain in the first part of august they got some timely rain while they've been dry recently um, that rain that they got in august has is, is been kind of a lifesaver for them other areas of my growing or my area that i deal with didn't get that rain and those are the areas where we're seeing you know some tip back we're seeing shallower kernel depth um, we're seeing some spotty plants. It, it's it's a lot of this stuff, and you got to take that whole thing into account. And it's the toughest thing for me is trying to explain that um, when we always want to try to blame something. You know, we we have we have this innate thing that we want to point a finger at something we can control. The weather is kind of the boogeyman that no one wants to blame. Um, you know, we always kind of look at you know. I talked to a guy yesterday and I said, well, my hardest thing for me is to tell you that the weather affected your crop more than what you realize, because there's always going to be some guy that says, yeah, sure. It's your planter. You can, you can buy this planter attachment and that's going to fix this. Um, maybe it's the micronutrients. Uh, maybe it's not enough nitrogen. Maybe it's this, you know, everybody has a solution or a product that they want to sell you to fix the things that you think are going wrong with your crop. There's always going to be a guy that's willing to stand there and tell you, that they have the solution for what's going on. And sometimes it's not even something that someone can sell you. It, it's just the weather. And when I tell you it's the weather, it is like the last thing I want to tell people because we have to rule everything else out because you know anything we can control, we want to know about. If it's the thing we can't control, that's the last thing we want to be looking at. And when I say it's the weather, realize typically for me, it's the last thing. I've literally ruled everything else out. And when I say it's the weather, it's going to be the weather. And I think that's kind of how we have to approach agronomy because that's just the way our mindsets are is we need to rule everything else out before we point to the weather. So anyway, just some thoughts I've been running into as I, I walk, walk fields and talk to growers and we're looking at stuff right now as we're kind of getting ready for harvest. Uh, you know, we, we talk about that nitrogen being short. Uh, we're starting to see some corn that's not standing as well, and we, we can kind of correlate that with that running out of nitrogen based on dry weather. Uh, some of the stock strength is not as good. So as we're walking fields, these are things we're starting to see, and we're really, really focusing in on the weather this growing season as a culprit for a lot of things that have gone wrong. Realize there are other factors out there, but when we say it's the weather, 
It's the weather. So I'll catch you guys next time. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this and I'll see you later.